Hi everyone, <clears throat> this is Tim Coffey, your host for Love and Peace, a Beatles podcast. Just like you, I'm a huge, lifelong fan of the Beatles. Since 1964, when my sister and myself saw them on Ed Sullivan. Their songs have been the soundtrack of, of my life, maybe like yours. So let's get started to look at their legacy. By the way, <clears throat> you can give me your feedback and your Beatle uh, Beatles experience by emailing me at lapbtls at gmail.com. That's lapb as in boy, tls at gmail.com. So today we're going to look in into uh, some key aspects of Paul McCartney's life. And I'm really going to start from the time that, uh, from Abbey Road on, uh, a lot of you probably know a lot of information about Paul as a Beatle. You know, he and John met in 1957 at a church feat. Uh, Paul's dad, Jim, first gave him a trombone. He didn't like it, so he asked for a guitar. And um, by the way, he started out with the Beatles as a guitarist. And I I'm sure you're probably aware, he is one phenomenal guitarist. Uh, he never took music lessons, although I, well, I take that back. He did take piano lessons, I think in 1965 or 66. But um, so let's talk about the Beatles uh, circa 1969. Um, the, the breakup came about uh, because there was a lot of dissent within uh, the four, four of them. Uh, the dissent really centered around who their manager was going to be. Uh, three of the Beatles wanted uh, Alan Klein, and Paul wanted his father-in-law, uh, John Eastman, who was an entertainment lawyer in New York, and uh, Linda's um, um, father. Um, so they had big disagreements there. Paul finally relented. Um, anyway, so... By the way, George wanted to reform, and Paul agreed, but John never showed up for signatures. Um, this is an interesting tidbit I came, about, uh, came across. A newly found tape in the closet of an English home. Here's John talking about their next album, After Abbey Road, which kind of knocks down, knock, knock down um, rumors that the band was done and would never, ever perform. Um, and, and by the way, in Abbey Road, one of the songs uh, is um, You Never Give Me Your Money. But let's start with, with Abbey Road, um, and, and let's take a look at the end. Abbey Road was released in 1969. It, it was the final album of the Beatles. Yeah, and it's only fitting that the album begins with Come Together and ends with And In The End. The album was very similar to the way their early albums were done, and it comes on the heels of the Let It Be Chaos and Acrimony. George Martin actually didn't want to produce the, the album based on his experience with uh, the Let It Be sessions, but he said he would uh, produce it if they could be decent to each other. Um, Paul owns a, a, a farm in Scotland. And that was really Paul and Linda's uh, retreat. Uh, it was near the Mola Kintar. 
it, it really truly was a primitive farmhouse. It had a dirt floor and a hole in the roof. Paul went through a major depression after he left uh, the Beatles. And he began to drink a lot and he slept in. And Linda finally pulled him out by, by telling him, uh, do what he does best, and that's music. So that was music to his ears, no pun intended. So um, out comes McCartney, his very first album. And, and this is a little bit of information directly from Paul as to how he um, looks at his, his songwriting system and, and process. Paul had written some of the songs on his solo album that were slated uh, for the Beatles. And he says, uh, if I was to sit down and write a song now, I would, uh, I would use my usual method. I'd either sit down with my guitar or at the piano and uh, just look for melodies or chord shapes, musical phrases, maybe some words, a thought, just to get started with. And then I, I, I just sit down with it to work it out like I'm writing uh, an essay or doing a crossword puzzle. That's a system I've always used that John uh, and I started with. I've never really found a better system for me, and that system is just playing the guitar and looking for something that suggests a melody or perhaps some words if you're lucky. Then I fiddle around with, with that and try to follow the trail. Try to follow, uh, follow the trail where it appears to be leading me. And sometimes it leads me down a blind alley, so I'll have to retrace my steps and start again down another road. But I'm of the school of the instinctive. Uh, I once worked with uh, Allen Ginsberg, and Allen used to uh, always say, first thought, best thought. And then he would edit everything. But I, I think that theory is good. First thought, be best thought. So he has a brand new album called McCartney One. came out in uh, 1970. Uh, he uh, performed uh, all, all of the... Uh, he played all of the instruments, uh, to include drums. Uh, all the songs were recorded at, at his Cavendish home in London, in St. John's Wood. Uh, the album had some partially done songs, and all reflected where he was at the time. Uh, Paul urged uh, Linda to, to help him out uh, to sing and, and play uh, keyboards. She was reluctant at first, but Paul showed, showed her how, and... Uh, she she really did a, a good job the first time around. The released album was totally panned by the critics, including his former bandmates. The press was not good to Mecca, as they said his album uh, didn't reach the ex expectation bar um, uh, of his previous Beatles work. So over time, the fans, uh, the fan base has elected that either. Uh, all of their time, let me start over again. The fan base have decided that either this was their all-time favorite uh, album or uh, they came to like it very, very much and completely reverse of what, what they thought about it um, in, uh, when it first came out. So sum up that it, it really aged gracefully. Some of the songs on here that really stand out for me are Maybe I'm Amazed, that's a love song to Linda. Uh, Every Night, 
that's an acoustical song with how Paul pulled through uh, the breakup. Um, and Junk, just a beautifully played uh, acoustic song. But my favorite from that album, um, and I love it when Paul sings it in concert, is Maybe I'm Amazed because of the, the power of that and the fact that it was written uh, for Linda, as, uh, as I mentioned, as a love song. Then came Ram, and Ram had some, some really good, unique songs on it. Um, here are a couple, uh, Admiral Halsey, um, Hands Across the Water, Too Many People, kind of a reference to uh, the Beatle days, uh, especially at the end. Uh, Dear Boy, uh, a song everybody suggests that was directed right at um, uh, John. Uh, Monkberry Moon, Delight, that was kind of one of my favorites, and The Heart of the Country. And it, it really was uh, one of Paul's better uh, albums as, as a solo, but he's just developing and getting back on his feet. Um, then came Wings. So here's a brief history of Wings. Uh, Paul invited Denny Lane to jam with him on the guitar. Um, then they invited... Uh, Denny Sewell to, to sit uh, in on, on drums. Uh, Linda was in, uh, on the keyboards. Uh, they jammed for weeks at his Scottish farm. The band slept in, in, in Paul's barn, <laughs> and he, they were paid a weekly salary, believe it or not. They recorded their first album, Wings Wildlife. Um, then they invited uh, Henry McAuliffe uh, on guitar to join the band. Uh, Wings really got started and, and, and took off after that. And then came Red Rose Speedway. The band started uh, to tour England about that time, and they put everything in a van and went to different university towns. Uh, they would simply set up concerts outside or in a student union with no promotion in advance. They would just show up. Then they started touring in small venues in Europe uh, during the last half of uh, 1972. Um, boy, there was another thing that happened in 1972 that really stands out, especially if you see them, you see Paul in concert. Uh, Paul went rogue. <laughs> Paul went rogue because he wrote a 007 movie theme song. Uh, he wrote the, the movie theme song for the 1972 James Bond movie, Live and Let Die. Uh, and if you've ever seen Paul in concert, it's one of the most incredible visual songs uh, that you'll ever see uh, at, a, at a concert. So um, they continued to tour in 1973. Um, and on, on the flight of Wings, Sewell and McAuliffe were, were getting dissatisfied. They wanted more money. Uh, again, they, they received a weekly salary. They, they kind of resented the facts, even though it was... Uh, a reality in, in their line of work that Paul wrote and got rewarded with all of the publishing revenues, which he kept to himself. In 1974, they were going to record an album in, in Lagos, Nigeria. Sewell and, and McAuliffe didn't show up at the airport. It was just Paul, Linda, and Denny Lane um, to fly to Lagos. And there's a controversy as to whether... Um, Sewell and, and, and McAuliffe were fired or if they quit. And 
that, that, that'll go on. But what they did in Lagos was incredible for many aspects. The finished product was certainly incredible, but the songs were, were stolen uh, from a holdup. Uh, Paul lost all of the, the music notes that, that he wrote, so he had to rewrite all of them. And it was just the three of them recording what would become their best-selling album, uh, Band on the Run. Paul also played the drums. Uh, there, there were two big, big hits on the album, and those hits were Band on the Run and Jet. The album had a creative cover with some of Paul's favorite people uh, on there. <clears throat> and Macca at this time was truly, truly coming into his own uh, once again, this time as a solo artist. Uh, a little bit about Band on the Run. Band on the Run starts off in one place and goes to another place. This is Paul talking now. It's sort of a story song, an, an episodic thing. But I wanted that because I wanted to write that kind of song and also with the idea of a band on the run. I thought, okay, well, the characters have got to be in prison at first, and then for them to be a band on the run, they, they got to break out. So these, uh, so these little story points were kind of obvious. They sort of suggested uh, to themselves, hey, prison, break out, on the run, nighttime in the desert. So that was a nice one to, to write. But I, I did start off thinking, I'm going to write that kind of song uh, with lots of changes. So it turned out to be uh, Paul's best album with, with Wings. And anyway... Uh, the big song there was, was Jet, um, and it, it, next comes kind of a controversial uh, song that Paul wrote, and that was Give Ireland Back to the Irish. At that time, in Northern Ireland, uh, they had the IRA uh, against uh, the, the Northern Ireland Protestants, and that was kind of a, a long, long seething um scrimmage and lots of death and violence and uh, the IRA wanted to uh, go back to uh, be merged with uh, Ireland and and any and it was part of the UK but it was banned by the BBC by the way but uh, that that was Paul's kind of uh, intro into the music of politics so so let, let's cover some of the uh, albums again, both solo and with, with wings. We had McCartney, then we had Ram, um, then they had um, Wings Wildlife, and there was a song on, on there that was a response to, to John, and then Red Rose Speedway. Um, then Band on the Run. Um, oh, by the way, there was another song on, on Band on the Run that was really popular. That, that was Helen, we uh, Helen Wheels. And in 1975, uh, Paul did, uh, with Denny, uh, Venus and Mars. Um, and that had some great songs on there, too, like Venus and Mars, Rock Show, Letting Go, Listen to What the Man Said. Uh, I remember seeing Paul McCartney and, and Wings, really, in 1976 uh, at the Capitol Center in Washington, D.C. That was the first time of five that I saw Paul and... It was really a memorable type of uh, uh, concert. So, And Wings at the Speed of Sound in 1976 had Let Him In. 
uh, Silly Love Songs. Um, then Paul came out, uh, by the way, Wings at this, uh, then came out with uh, London Town in 1978, um, and the song was With a Little Luck. And in 1979, uh, an album called Back to the Egg. And then in 1980, Paul had McCartney 2 where he did all of the instruments, played them, and he had a couple songs that, that really were popular coming up and Wonderful Christmas Time. Uh, and he still gets um, royalties from that every every holiday time, too. 1982 was Tug of War that had some good songs on there, Here, Here Today and Say, Say, Say. Uh, interesting thing happened, I think it was in 1984. Um, Paul wrote uh, and the music for and put on a, a Broadway play, Give My Regards to Broad Street. And he did a film and it flopped, uh, but did have a couple of um, songs on her, No More Lonely Nights, uh, that was on, on that. And he started to do Beatles songs again. So it was it was kind of a transition back to, to his early days. Um, Macca's album, Solo with Wings, um, Press to Play in 1986, Flowers in the Dirt, uh, which had a song on there called Put It There. That was a saying of, of Paul's dad to Paul. And then 1993, Off the Ground. One of my all-time favorite solo uh, albums uh, of Paul's was Flaming Pie in 1997. Had some great songs on there that still are some of my favorites. Uh, for example, the songs we were singing, uh, Flaming Pie, uh, Little Willow, Beautiful Night, uh, The World Tonight. Then in 19, uh, excuse me, in 2001, he, he put out the Driving Rain um, album, uh, CD, and did a Madison Square Garden uh, concert uh, for the 9-11 um, mishap. In 2005 came Chaos and Creation in the Backyard. That had a couple of good songs. Uh, Jenny Wren, nice little ditty. And then This Never Happened. Um, 2007, Memory Almost Full. That had uh, a couple songs that stand out to me. Um, that Was Me. That was one of the songs in Ever Present Past. Then in, in 2013, he did the, the uh, songs for uh, Queenie Eye. And then in 2018, um, he had a number one album, uh, e Egypt Station. And that was a great uh, CD because uh, fans really gravitated towards it. And again, it was, it was number one. So the end of Wings kind of came to a, a um, kind of a, a nasty end. The Wings were doing a tour of Japan in 1980. And Paul got busted for bringing in um, 10 ounces of pot. The Japanese police threw him in jail for 10 days. And this, by the way, was the longest period of time that, that Paul and Linda had ever been apart in their 32-year marriage. So the tour was canceled um, while Paul was in jail. And the members uh, of the Wings flew home and the group never performed or recorded again. By the way, it's really a coincidence that Yoko's uncle was police chief uh, of Tokyo. 
How about that? What a coincidence. Uh, some other adventures by Paul. Uh, he hosted his own radio show, Ubu Jubu. Uh, he was commissioned to compose classical pieces, uh, among them the Liverpool Oratorio, Standing Stone, uh, and Working Classical. Uh, another one is uh, Eke Comeum. Then he wrote a score for a ballet, uh, Oceana's Kingdom, and he had nine different live albums released through the years. Uh, four best albums were, were released. Uh, he wrote scores, uh, the score for two animated cartoon shows, um, and he um, penned and recorded with a group called The Firemen, um, kind of his version of a Sergeant Pepper um, working under a different name. And speaking of working, this is what Paul said about uh, him working. He said, I'd like to do it. I do enjoy it. I mean, when I get a day off and I've suddenly got loads of time on my hands, uh, I might do uh, the kind of thing where I'm at home. I live on a farm, so I might get out uh, for a horse ride or something. But when I've done those things that I want to do, and there still is a couple hours left in the afternoon, I'll often just gravitate to a piano or, or, or a guitar, and I feel myself just kind of writing a song. Uh, it's like a hobby, and it's a hobby that turned into a living. Uh, but I'd like to think of it that way and sometimes kind of pull myself up and say, are you taking this seriously enough? Maybe you should uh, try a little bit more. So that was Paul's take on, on working, and it, it carried him well throughout the years. Um, so Paul uh, currently, or most recently, um, he was uh, writing the score for a Broadway venue that has yet to come out be, uh, primarily because of COVID, but it's called It's a Wonderful Life. And he has a new a McCartney 3 CD that, that again, reached number one. And uh, it was released on December 11th, 2020. And it, it really was an incredible CD, uh, just like his other two McCartney ones. And you probably have seen the three-part, nine-hour docuseries called Get Back, uh, thanks to Peter Jackson. Um, and then Paul said he would never, ever write a, a autobiography. But instead, what he did was he wrote a two-volume book called Lyrics. Uh, I have it. It's a phenomenal book. Hopefully, I'll do an episode on that. But it's two volumes, and it has, I think this is the number. I may be off. Uh, it, it talks about, um, and it has commentary about upwards of 156 songs that he's recorded um, since the mid-50s uh, through the time that he was with Wings and the Beatles and then on his own. So, and... Um, this is special because in June, I think it's June 18th, uh, Paul will turn 80 years old and he's, he's got the title of Sir Paul McCartney and, uh, the queen has allowed him to be, um, knighted or designated, uh, into the house of the Lords. So he will be known uh, from June 18th on as Lord McCartney, Lord Paul McCartney. And that's to help celebrate his 80th birthday. So 
lots of information about Paul and on the wings. Uh, so um, that's really it for this episode. Um, by the way, again, if you want to give me your feedback and some of your Beatles experiences, you can email me at, at LAPBTLS at gmail.com. There's my dogs doing a Beatles song called Bulldog. Uh, that's L-A-P as in Paul, B as in boy, T-L-S at gmail.com. So join us again next time for another edition of Love and Peace of Beatles podcast. Now, uh, go listen to your favorite Beatles song or album. Hey, love and peace, folks. Bye.